Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church. We are fellowshipping around the Word of God with people all over the world. I don't know about you, but I get so excited about to think that all over the world, right at this minute, people are coming together, studying the Word of God together, growing in the Word of God together. And you know something? They're reaching the world, changing the way the world sees God by sharing the love of God, by sharing these simple truths that go out here. Listen, today we're going to be talking about what I call the matrix of life. And you're going to find out today why many times you have found the truth, but for some reason you just couldn't get it to come together. And a lot of people say, oh man, God's letting me down. You know, this is not coming, this is not working. Well, you know what? There's a matrix around which all truth works from our heart, and you're going to learn what it is and put it to practice in your life. Listen, all of these messages are for free, impactministries.com. I'll be back in just a few minutes. This is usually the part where I give you the opportunity to download a free message. But this month, I am going to let you download an entire complete free series, one of my very best series on goal setting. It's called Power Tools for Goal Setting. I'll tell you, this is the stuff I teach people in workshops and charge a lot of money for it in businesses so people can learn how to live their dreams. The special offer that I'm going to have for you this month, Choose Life, is a great series, and you're going to need this information, but this series on goal setting Really, you just need it. You just need to have it along with this information. So I don't want you spending that much money. I just want to give it to you. And the only way you can get this is to download my free mobile app and to say yes to the push notifications. Or if you already have my mobile app, go in and check yes to the push notifications so that we can be sure and get this to you. This is going to help you live your dreams. You know, we're talking about something that is so profound, yet so simple that for many people, it just gets lost in the maze of how the mind tries to make things complex. You know, something can be profound without being complex, and that's really the way truth is. It is incredibly profound, but it's really not all that complicated. There's a lot of complexities. You know, I talk about a lot of complex issues, but they all come back to just a few basic realities in the Word of God. So we're talking about choosing life. And this is just by way of review. And listen, if you have not seen the previous videos in this series, go back and watch them. They're free, www.impactministries.com. Go back and watch them and enjoy them and help prepare yourself to make incredible decisions. This is uh, in January, if you're watching this as it's live in January. So this is a time that people are making decisions. They're making resolutions. They're wanting to set their life on track and overcome the struggles that they had the previous year. So this is incredible stuff to help you anytime, but it'll especially help you when you're ready to make decisions. But remember, God tells us that we have to choose life. Now, if we didn't have to choose, God would not have said that we had to choose. 
If everything happened just because we believed on Jesus, if everything happened just because we trusted God in a very general sense, and then we would be on automatic pilot. And, you know, we would give our lives to Jesus, and then we would become robots that he would force and control and make everything happen for us. But God can't violate his word. And his word says that he has given us authority, and he's made us in his image. Therefore, we have to make our own choices. Now, when we fail to make our own choices. It's not like if I fail to choose life, I have automatically chosen death, but in a sense we have. Because what happens, if I don't choose life, then by default, my life is left to go the way of the world. And in this world, all things left to themselves tend toward chaos. But you know, Jesus, all of Jesus' parables about the kingdom of God, and Jesus was a teacher of the kingdom of God. He wasn't a teacher of the law, per se. He was a teacher of the kingdom of God. He wasn't so much a teacher of the new covenant. He was a teacher of the kingdom of God. Why? Because all of the law is understood, and all of the new covenant is based on and works around these kingdom principles. And there was one thread woven through almost all of the parables of the kingdom, and one of the most consistent silver threads through the parables of the kingdom is personal responsibility. We have to make certain choices. We have to be responsible for our life. We have to guide our life where we choose for it to go. A lot of people say, oh no, God just takes my life. God's in charge. Well, no, God's only in charge in the places you put him in charge. You say, well, I put him in charge of everything. Well, yeah, that's a good starting place, but day by day, you're going to make decisions, and every decision you make is going to move you toward life or it's going to move you toward death. But when you fail to make a decision, it just puts you where you're floating down this river that's going to go over the falls eventually because everything left to itself in this world tends toward chaos. That's one of the laws of sin. And this world is dominated by the law of sin. Now, in the kingdom where we accept responsibility, where we believe the truth and choose the truth, all things tend toward life. Now, today, I'm going to be talking to you about the matrix of life. Now, a matrix is like a hub or an arrangement of parts that shows how they're all interconnected. Or it's like the environment that sustains all of the parts. So think of the matrix as the hub that holds all things together, creates the environment for all things to work in any given system. Now, there is a matrix to what makes life really work the way it should, that if we leave that part out, it almost doesn't matter what we do right. It almost doesn't matter how much truth we apply. It will still never really become what we expect it to become. See, we have the idea that simply copying what others have done to succeed will guarantee us success. As a matter of fact, in the business world, and you know, I'm involved with businesses and I've done teaching with motivational speakers. And I always use the Bible as my basis for that. And I don't know what they use, but I use the Bible. And you know, one of the things that's commonly said in motivational circles is if you want to make a million dollars, find someone who's made a million dollars, just do what they did and you'll make a million dollars. You know something? That's been proven to be untrue thousands of times, maybe even millions of times. Because you see, 
just doing the right things actually does not guarantee a right outcome or a good outcome or the desirable outcome. In the book of Psalms, Psalms 8, which is later quoted over in Hebrews chapter 1, but I'd like to read this from the book of Psalms. This is where the psalmist, in verse 3, he's talking to God and he says, When I consider your heavens and the works of your hands, or the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you're mindful of him? Man, you know, that's a legitimate question. And you just think about it. I love to go out at night and just look at the stars. I just love to go out. I like to find me some dark, dark place away from the city and just look at the stars because I have this overwhelming sense of the greatness of God. I feel the same way when I stand on an ocean. Anything that's bigger than life, when I look at it, I just have this sense of how grand God is. But the psalmist is saying, in light of how grand and splendid and massive your creation is, why do you even think about man? Why are we even significant to you? And then he goes on and says, and even the Son of Man, that you visit him. But now listen to this. He says, for you have made him a little lower than the angels. And I always like to insert in here, that word for angels in the Hebrew is Elohim, which is the word used for the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is not saying we are lower than the angels. He is saying we're just a little lower than God himself. We were made in the likeness of the image of God. And actually, the book of Hebrews really deals with this because angels were created to be our servants. So we've never been lower than angels. We are just, just slightly different than God. He says, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. Now, those words glory and honor could just as well be translated dignity and worth. You see, God created us in His likeness and His image, and He crowned us with dignity and worth. And verse 6 goes on to say, And you've made Him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under His feet. Now, I'll tell you, we have this concept that all things are under our feet because we're walking around by faith, you know, demanding things to happen. I'll tell you something. Adam ruled the world out of this sense of who he was in relationship to his creator. In other words, everything that Adam did actually grew out of the matrix of life. And the matrix of life, the hub that makes all things work in our lives the way they're supposed to be, is actually what we call self-worth. It's that sense of dignity and worth. That sense of glory and honor that God originally crowned man with. You say, well, we've lost that. Well, we've only lost it because we don't believe it. We've only lost it because we don't recognize that truth anymore. And I can guarantee you this. If you are in Jesus, all of God's dignity and worth should be exploding inside you. I want to give you some more information about this. So don't leave. I've got a few things I want to share with you, but come right back because I want to tell you something. I want to help you establish your self-worth. Our offer for this month is the supernatural power of making decisions. And it is an incredible, incredible offer that's going to help you make a journey into a whole new quality of life. But I want to give you for free a power tool for goal setting package that's going to help you. It's going to work with this series that we have. And the way you get that for free is to download my mobile app and turn on the push notifications. Or if you already have my mobile app, turn on the push notifications and we're going to send this out to you. It's going to change your world. 
And we just established the fact that Adam ruled or exercised his authority in planet Earth out of this sense of who he was, out of this glory and honor wherewith God had crowned him. Without a sense of dignity and worth, we actually substitute control for authority. We substitute force for authority. In other words, we come up with all these carnal substitutions where we try to make things happen, usually based on our needs. We get into manipulation. We get into all of these kinds of things that stress us out, stress everybody around us out, and we really still never get what we want. Even when we do get what we want, it's like eating your food with sand mixed in it. I don't know about you, but I don't want to chew on any sand. Now, In order for you to be able to make the kinds of decisions we're talking about, about choosing to have life, there are some things that you're going to take care of. You go ahead and make the choice. You make the choice. I'm going for life. I'm going to have life. I'm going to have the greatest quality of life that I can experience. And um, you make that choice. But you realize that once you make that choice, there are some things that you want to develop in your own heart in order to sustain that choice, in order to make sure that it just doesn't fall apart like everything else is falling apart. And so one of the things we've got to do is I want to help you start to root yourself in your self-worth. You know, in this new CD series I've got coming out about the supernatural power of making decisions, I'm going to actually have a little exercise in there for you to do, a little biblical meditation exercise where I'm giving you a, really I'm including a free heart physics exercise in reality that's going to help you begin to develop your sense of self-worth. Now stop and think about it. The word worth is basically connected to the word value. In other words, your self-worth is basically your sense of how valuable you are. Now, because I've worked out here in these motivational arenas, and because I've done consulting in businesses, and quite frankly, just because I've got an extensive education and I've been around a lot of people who are educators and educated, it's amazing at the empty attempts many people put crazy amounts of effort into in order to feel good about themselves. It's even amazing at the destructive things that people do in their life to feel good about themselves. And in fact, I'm going to tell you this, every single weakness you have is directly related to your sense of self-worth. And every weakness you have is either some part of your life that you're surrendering because you don't feel right about yourself, or It's some part of your life that you're using to try to conquer something or subdue something or accomplish something that'll make you feel good about yourself. And in the end, it never works. You see, the lack of worthiness, the lack of self-worth, the lack of feeling worth something is at the root of all limitations of the heart. Now, the way we were created, see, we were created to live in this intimate relationship with God. We were His children. We were His sons. We were created in His likeness and image. We are the only species on planet Earth that has the capacity to relate to God the way that we do. And 
we have the capacity to connect with God on every single level of our emotional experience. And we have the capacity to feel and receive God's love in ways that the angels don't have, in ways that the animals don't have, in ways that no other species has. We have this unique potential. Now, most people are not enjoying that potential because religion and unbelief has made hardness or blindness to the incredible love of God. But we do have this unique capacity. So in the beginning, Adam dominating or ruling, I don't have to use the word dominate, even though it's an acceptable word, Adam's ruling over planet Earth was in direct proportion to his realization that he was created in the likeness and image of God and that he was, in fact, God's representative on planet Earth and that Earth, now that God had given man authority, Earth was not going to go how God wanted it to go unless man chose it. That's incredible. And most people don't believe that. But you know what? It's there. It's in the Bible. And it's happening in the world. You know, you think God's in charge of what's happening right now? You think God's in charge of ISIS marching across the Middle East, beheading Christians, terrorists killing people all over? You think God is in charge of that? No, God's not in charge of that. Man is in charge of that. And Lucifer's goals or God's goals are only accomplished within the scope of the beliefs and the decisions that men make. And I want to tell you something. Religion has done a bang-up job at destroying people's self-worth and therefore destroying their faith, destroying their capacity to make life work as it should. Now, Adam, he was drawing from who he was in relationship to God. In other words, because I know who I am in relationship to God, I just have this incredible sense of, invincibility and I have this sense, you know, of I can communicate with the animals. And I call them what I want to call them, and that's what they're called for the rest of eternity. In other words, everything that he did, he did because he was connected with God. Now, keep in mind, the Spirit of God didn't live in Adam the way he lives in us today. So, in fact, Adam was gaining his self-worth from a source outside of himself. And we're designed to do that so that we will find our ultimate fulfillment by relating to God. Now, God's obviously inside of us now that we're born again, but by relating to someone other than ourselves to find our sense of value. So inherently, we were created to look outside of ourselves to find our value. Now, this means You've got one source that can make you feel the way you need to feel about yourself, and that is God. But not God the way religion has presented it. Not God the way the legalists have presented him. Not God the way goofy philosophers and mystics have presented him. But God as he presents himself as unconditional love. God as he presented himself through this incredible love by sending Jesus to pay the sacrifice for the price for our sins and to fight all the battles so that we would not have to fight them and win those battles and gain an inheritance for us. And by believing what he did and believing in him, then we reconnect to the incredible value that God has for us. You know, the whole concept of redemption, to redeem something... At its most simplistic terms, means to buy it back. 
But you understand in the language that you're buying it back. You're giving something of equal value to get something else back to you. So when you look at the value that God has for his own son, you realize the value that God has for you. And that is the only source of wholeness in the world. Now, if you do not get your value through God, then you're going to get your value through, usually through some type of performance. In other words, it may be sexual performance. And, you know, it's amazing. I have known very few immoral people. Now, some immoral people, through hardness of heart, they get to a place to where they're so disconnected from reality that they pursue immorality just for the momentary pleasure of it. But by and large, almost all journeys into immorality begin and end around self-worth. Because if I don't feel good about myself, then if I can make people want me, and there's nothing that gives you more power over somebody else than sex, almost. I mean, in the business world, there is that in governmental realms, but in relationships, than sex. And whether you're the female or whether you're the male, you're having a sense of power based on people wanting you, based on people desiring you. And so that gives you this false feeling or temporary feeling of being valuable. And, you know, when a person solves their self-worth issues, almost all of their sin issues just go away. Because there's some things you can't do if you feel good about yourself. There's some things you just won't even entertain doing. There's some things that even if you felt tempted to do, you just wouldn't do them. Because it's so far beneath your sense of who you are. Now, there's other people that it's about making money. It's about their job. And for some people, it's about government. You know, the sad thing right now, I would venture that if all of the politicians in America that were where they are because it was meeting a need in their life, instead of meeting needs in the citizens, if all the ones that were there to meet their own needs were to leave the political realm, I wouldn't be surprised if 80 or 90 percent of all politicians would have to resign from office today because they're not there. They're not there to meet our needs. They're there to meet their needs. It's true with pastors. I'm telling you, if this weekend all the pastors in the world that were using their congregations to meet their self-worth needs, if they finally just said, you know what, I'm going to start serving, and I'm just going to resign from the pastor until I get my heart right and I'm ready to serve, I got news for you. There'll be a whole bunch of churches looking for pastors. Now, that doesn't make them horrible people, and it doesn't mean everything they do is wrong. That's not the point. But the point is, so many people that are driven for success is driven out of need, it's not something that they walk into out of wholeness. So you got to realize, if there is a lack of worthiness in your life, then first of all, you will never make quality decisions and carry them through in a way that just keeps engendering life. In other words, the way you'll make the decisions to follow life produce life. Because remember, every seed begets after its own kind. But see, what a lot of people do is choose life... And then, out of their poor sense of self-worth, then they make bad decisions. They sow all of these seeds of corruption in their field of life. Listen, don't run away. Come back for a mentoring moment so I can tell you some things you can do to start putting this into practice. Don't forget, I've got a free offer for you this month, Power Tools for Goal Setting. I'm telling you, it's one of the best teaching series I've ever done on goal setting. But the way you get this is to download my mobile app and say yes to the push notifications. That's the only way you can get it because it's going to come to you 
through a push notification. Also, if you already have my mobile app, be sure and go back and make sure you have turned on the push notifications. I got a lot of things I'm gonna be sending you to help you fulfill your goals, but you gotta have the app to get it. This year, we're advancing our Operation 1 Billion. In other words, we are really stepping it up so that we can reach 1 billion people for the Lord Jesus with the gospel of the kingdom. Now, Jesus said that before he can return, the gospel of the kingdom has to be preached to the ends of the earth. Not just the gospel of conversion, not just talking about Jesus, not just talking about getting saved, but the gospel of the kingdom. That's where Jesus is Lord. That's where we enter into this realm called the kingdom of God. That's where we usher in the return of the Lord Jesus to establish his kingdom here on earth. I am so excited about what we're going to do this year. Listen, if you've got my mobile app, you're going to be getting testimonies that will tell you about what's happening around the world as we're training people in Operation 1B. Or if you sign up for our blog or sign up for all of our notifications online, you can get this. I want to keep informed. I want you to see what's happening. I want you praying for and giving for the very best things in the world to happen for us. Now remember, if the lack of worthiness the lack of feeling worth or valuable enough to have something wonderful happen in your life is present with you, then I got news for you. You might intellectually choose life, but you will never actually draw that life into your experience. You'll never actually bring that choice to pass to the great degree that you possibly could. So we've got to learn to take steps to create feelings of worthiness. Now, the Bible says in Colossians 1.12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now, let me say this. Qualified and worthy are not exactly the same thing because worthiness has to do with the fact that you are inherently worthy, uh, whereas qualified is more about uh, you know, somebody else can qualify you. Like if you're going to enter a race and the qualifying fee for entering the race is $5,000 and you don't have $5,000, you might be worthy to enter the race, but you're not qualified. Somebody else pays your entrance fee, now you're qualified. By the same token, you might have the $5,000 to enter the race, but you're not really worthy which really just means that you're not going to be a great candidate for this. You're not going to really do well in it. So we have to look to the fact Rather than thinking about our worthiness, we can think about worthiness from the sense of, I am worthy for life simply because God created me in His likeness and image. But I'm qualified for this incredible life because Jesus earned that, and I am in Him. And this is why the in-Him realities precede people coming to this place of self-worth. People who meditate on, ponder on, think about, talk about, and base everything they want from God on the fact that we are in Jesus and He's worthy, and because we're in Him, we're qualified. That's the transition point, and we'll go into more of this next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.